the simple way of reframing your mind from being nervous about something to being excited about something is something I try to do on a daily basis. And I found it's really changed the game for me in terms of my mindset about challenges at work. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's awesome to have you tuning in. So thanks for hitting play on this episode. A great inspiring guest coming up. But before we get into the interview, I have to say a big thank you to Paul Finch from Growth Studio for the introduction to this awesome guest. Thank you very much, Paul. It is much appreciated. Many of our best guests come through recommendations from other people in the industry. So if you think you'd like to recommend someone and get a shout out, then uh, do get in contact with me. Okay, in this episode, we're talking to a fairly new startup, but a startup with some big aims. They've been going since 2021, and we're going to be talking about doing wholesale on the big scale, so getting into big retailers. He's got some amazing tips around that. We're talking about how to work out how you're going to position your brand to your customers. We're talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the importance of measuring your cohorts and analyzing results by cohort if you're running a subscription business in particular and make sure you listen right to the very very end because my guest's top tips are quite frankly brilliant including some some really clever sensible advice in the carbon top tip are you part of the free chloe's e-commerce club why not It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. 
And now to introduce our special guest. Alessandra de Trapani is co-founder and CEO at insect-based dog food brand Grub Club. After going live in 2021, Grub Club are already selling via Amazon and wholesale as well as their Shopify store. And with all these routes to market, they're growing at eight times year on year, which is pretty impressive. Hello, Ale. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here Um, and congrats on the fast growth you're achieving. It must be great to be moving things so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Certainly there's times where we wish it was going quicker, but um, yeah, we're delighted with the progress so far and, and really excited about what's more to come, I suppose. So how did you end up in e commerce? What led you to create Grub Club? Sheesh, it was a bit of a journey trained or educated in the realm of finance and economics and and kind of started off my career working in a little bit of consulting and then spent most of my time in commodity trading really so most of my days were in front of Bloomberg terminals watching the markets tick away and that was kind of my focus for a long time but then spent some time before moving to the UK um, in Kenya actually working on a kind of corporate venture startup uh, over there in the agriculture space. And I suppose, yeah, that what I like to say is I kind of threw the Bloomberg terminals out the window and traded those for uh, a pickup truck driving around all of, all, all of Kenya, um, which was definitely a change of pace, but absolutely loved it. And I think opened my eyes up to the world of business outside of just finance. And I think, you know, very much outside of just the, the number crunching and, and figuring out what it actually takes to build something from scratch, which was really interesting. And that kind of led me to the UK where, where I moved here to pursue an MBA at London Business School. And that was kind of the, the birthplace of Grub Club and kind of kicked off working on the business in my second year at LBS. And um, I guess here we are after after a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So what led you after all those different, wildly different experiences to decide that e-commerce was the route for you? Was it you wanted to go e-commerce and then you had to find a, a, you know, a product or did you want to create the product and then e-commerce felt like the right route to market? There was a few of us working on it at the time and looking at the market and at that stage with COVID and everything else going on there was a, a clear boom in the pet industry the pet space you know uh, 3.2 million households in the UK acquired a pet between kind of lockdown and, and the end of last year so significant movement or growth in that space and it just seemed as though all the indicators were there for a product of this kind um, we actually saw an article in, I think it may have been the Wall Street Journal, but I I could be mistaken, but someone in the US who stated she wanted to create the Beyond Meat of pet food. As a vegetarian, as a dog owner or dog lover, you know, my whole life, um, seeing something like that really resonates. And looking at the UK, it just seemed like there's a massive opportunity to, to do that over here. And I think when we look at the trends in the human food space, all these kind of this wide array of options that we as humans have when wanting to decrease our meat consumption. Taking a walk down the pet food aisle, you don't really have that that same variety. So it was kind of it was kind of like the opportunity just presented itself, and and all the indicators were there. Really, sh- big shift towards online shopping, 
uh, and behavioral change uh, as a result of the pandemic um, and a big move of that value in the pet food space to online, we realized that um, it was a great time to to capitalize. It is kind of mad to think that, what, three, four, five years ago, as a vegan or a vegetarian, I'm assuming I'm not either, but as a vegan or a vegetarian, it was totally normal to feed your pet meat. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it, and, and or, because, you know, you stopped eating meat because of, you know, climate change and, you know, cows and all the, you know, all the, the kind of like the big meat scenarios. But it's totally normal to be feeding that to your animal, even though you, it, it's kind of mental to think we thought that way. And quite clearly now pet owners really don't, do they? Yeah, I mean, I think once the checks are done with regards to nutrition and health, uh, you know, obviously animals like cats, for example, can't be vegetarian or vegan. They obligate carnivores. So a plant-based diet for a cat uh, as it stands is just not viable. But for dogs, given that they're omnivores, um, you know, they, they, they can thrive on a, on a plant-based diet. Um, and especially on an insect-based diet, you know, it's, it's got all of the same nutrition, um, macro and micronutrients that you'd find in, in, in red meat or any other protein source. But we like to say without the carbon footprint that comes with it. So, Ale, before I take us down any bad avenues or spread any more misinformation due to my crushingly terrible knowledge of the pet food space, um, please tell us about the product that you're selling at Grub Club. So essentially, at the moment, our current range is a complete dog food for adult dogs and three functional dog treats. What makes them different is that instead of the traditional sources of protein used in pet food like beef, lamb, chicken, salmon, etc., we use insect protein. So it looks just like regular dry dog food um, in its current format, regular baked treats, looks like a little biscuit. Um, but instead of those protein sources, you know, that come from livestock farming and all of their associated impacts on uh, the environment, we use insect protein, which uses a fraction of the land and water and produces significantly less CO2 um, than those sources. So it's essentially a complete diet. You get all the same nutrients that you would from um, regular dog food, um, but without that carbon footprint and with, an, with a range of other benefits, our food is naturally hypoallergenic. So quite surprisingly, a big portion, up to 20%, according to some studies, of dogs will develop some sort of intolerance or allergy in their lifetime. And the great thing about our products or our protein source is that it's a novel protein. So it's hypoallergenic, which is great for dogs who suffer from those food allergies. Oh, nice. So is it, to me... And we've already discovered I'm not great on pets, uh, <laughs> my knowledge on pets. But to me, it seems like it's a fairly obvious choice to go down if you want to be giving feeding your, your pet something uh, good, good quality uh, that's going to help them, that's going to be good for the planet. But do you find consumers take a bit more persuading to buy your product than they do others? Are you finding it's, it's tricky to get them on board? Yeah, I think... I mean, I think that applies whenever you're trying to build a category or something new. I think that is the journey you have to take your customers on. Every challenger brand out there probably strives to be the obvious choice. And it's something, you know, we have written in big writing on our kind of whiteboards is, you know, be the obvious choice. And that's what we aspire to be. And I suppose perhaps with our format and our products, um, we have to do a little bit more than perhaps a, you know, a plant-based burger would have to do because 
at the end of the day, insects to, I guess, the, the Western world is they are still somewhat of a foreign concept when it comes to the application in food. So customer education is a huge part of what we're trying to do, really educating people about the benefits of our products, the benefits of our ingredients, um, and why they are just like any other form of, of meat. So definitely one of our big challenges, I would say. So that getting that message right and the sales angle has been one of the things you've worked on the most thus far in the journey. Totally. I think one of the pieces of advice we got very, very early on, like, you know, before we had even got the wheels in motion was to invest in our brand and our, our kind of messaging tone of voice um, early on and, and to do so really, really properly. Because I suppose, you know, as, as a consumer brand and within this pet space that is filled with so many brands, you know, there are, there are so many options for the consumer. At the end of the day, what you do with your brand and how you speak to customers ultimately forms part of that moat that you can build around your business. We really decided, okay, let's partner with great creatives to build a brand that resonates with people. And we didn't want the fact that we're making dog food with insects to be the only thing that makes us different. And I think being able to communicate what we're doing in an effective, fun way that resonates with people is is really something we try to stay laser focused on. It's an interesting challenge that, isn't it? It's like we want to be the obvious choice. We can't hide the fact we're using the insects, but we don't want to be the insect dog brand. So trying to to get the right messages across whilst not, you know, how you stack stack those different messages, I think is something that can take a, a long time to really get to grips with for a brand. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, we spend a lot of time back and forth within the team, racking our brains around how to communicate things. I mean, we spent what was supposed to be 15 minutes this morning. We spent around an hour and a half deciding what word should be on our new packaging to convey a message. So it's definitely a challenge. And I think we, we're trying to champion our ingredient too. We're not hiding behind the fact that there's bugs in our food, but at the same time, there's so much more to it and, and that really needs to come through. Otherwise it won't resonate with the customer. Yeah. It's like, it's got to be, it's in the mix, but it's not the pinnacle of the mix. I'm seeing, I'm seeing this pyramid in my head. And then of course the world changes and you discover you have to layer everything in a totally different, different way when, you know, economically and, and everything else. But let's not, let's not dive into that today. Let's get to some, some nuts and bolts of the business. Where in the world are you and where are you selling to at the moment? So we are based in London. We are out in London Bridge sharing some office space with some really cool startups. It's a great environment over here that we, we're fortunate to be a part of. Um, we sell, well, I guess we, we distribute UK wide. So pretty much next day or two-day delivery across the UK via our website. And we've, we've just unlocked some, some retail and wholesale partnerships this year um, that have you know, increased our, our kind of presence on shelf as well. And that decision to be selling on Amazon, to be getting into the retailers via the wholesale route, was that part of the plan from day one or is that an opportunity that's come across your door more recently? I think we always set out to build an omni-channel business with D2C being the key focus. I think, you know, where we see huge value is having a really close relationship with our customer base. And, and we can do that really well with our D2C business, um, understanding who buys our product, why they buy our product and why they stick around. And D2C gives us a great platform to gather those insights. But 
certainly the scale that other channels offer is one that's quite quite hard to ignore, especially when you're trying to build a new a new category out. So omnichannel is certainly the kind of goal from day one. Excellent. And for anyone who's trying to get, I know you're you're in the process at the moment of trying to get those bigger wholesale um, accounts. Any tips you're willing to share about how to start going about that for anyone out there who's going, yeah, we should be trying to get in the big stores too? Honestly, and I've probably listened to you know more podcasts than I can count on how to do this, um, and and just you know probably annoyed all of all of my peers who have somehow managed to get into to those big accounts with questions and, and things like that. I think persistence. I mean, it's a lot of these things are just so obvious, but it, once you start doing them, and you see that that's actually the case. It's, and and for me, it's, it feels very much out of my comfort zone to email someone 10 times when they're just not replying. But it, I've seen that it works. Uh, eventually, you do get a reply um, and, and a, an opportunity might present itself. So I would say persistence, really understand from day one how it's going to fit into your business and how you can actually make it work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend all this mental capacity and time pursuing opportunities that when you actually then get to a point where you have some time with the buyer, you quickly realize that it's maybe not feasible for you, whether that's commercially or from a distribution perspective or scale perspective. So I guess those are two top tips from someone who has only just landed a couple um, uh, retail partnerships, but that's what we've learned so far. I do think that's the time to ask someone though. You know, if you wait three more months, it'd be like, oh, I can't remember. What did we do? <laughs> it's got to be got to be fresh in the head. And as a fast growing startup, I'm guessing there's more than just you working in the business. So how many of you are there? What are you doing in-house? What are you outsourcing? What does that team structure look like? Yeah, thankfully, we've, we've built a really amazing small team. Myself and Hugh are the co-founders of the business. So Hugh works on pretty much everything operations at Grub Club, right from, you know, upstream, all the way upstream in our supply chain to, you know, delivery of orders. Hugh doesn't actually deliver them himself, but he's managing that whole supply chain, procuring raw materials, working really closely with our um, manufacturing partners and production teams, our nutritionists, our fulfillment team, picking, packing, and delivering orders to customers. So Hugh kind of oversees all the operations side of the business. And then we've got Haley and Amy who uh, look after kind of all our organic marketing and community management, right from kind of email to social media and customer retention, which is a huge part of our business. Um, And then outside of that, we rely on some really great freelancers and agencies to assist us with performance marketing and the like. Nice. Thank you for giving us that breakdown. And you mentioned in there how important, well, you've got the people in-house are doing that, the more retention, the more organic side of things, the content, the community side of it. I'm guessing that's a strategic choice without meaning to put words into your mouth, but that's a strategic choice because that's where the long-term growth of the business will come from. Certainly. I mean, that's when we set out looking at the way in which we wanted to scale the team, we knew that retention was a key part of how we scale our online business, Um, especially in the pet food space where acquisition costs are pretty hefty. It really makes sense if you're retaining customers for a long time. Uh, And and we've seen some amazing results from that, some really positive numbers coming out of of our cohorts and our, our churn data. So 
we really wanted to invest in the team on that side of the business early on to really start building that base um, and making sure we've got something, a really strong platform to build off of over time. Cool. And just quickly for anyone listening who's not familiar with cohort or churn, could you quickly explain what those are? Yeah. So churn is basically the number of customers. We look at it on a month on month basis. So let's say, for example, you know, we a percentage of customers that either unsubscribe or cancel their subscriptions with us. That's a, a metric we keep track of very closely because it kind of just shows what that retention of customers month on month is going to be and how their lifetime value in terms of their spend with us over time can grow. And then our cohort is essentially a way in which we look at different groups or cohorts of customers based on when they became customers. So for example, we'll look at the people who placed their first order with Grub Club on in the month of March, for example, and we will see how they behave in terms of how they spend, whether or not they stay with us month on month over time. So we can, you know, it's really useful then when comparing different marketing strategies or acquisition strategies that we may deploy in various months, seeing how those customers that we acquired through certain campaigns may develop over time. And and through that, we can then understand which of those um, kind of campaigns are working better than others or, you know, how we can double down on things that are really working well. That was a brilliant explanation of cohorts in particular there. I think so many people struggle with the idea, but it is basically... The people we recruited in March, based on all the stuff we sent them, how long do they stick stick around for? For anyone listening, going monthly. Um, if you're not running a subscription business, then yearly is fine. Uh, just to get get to grips with that kind of thing. So, Ale, with all the things, the amazing things that you guys are up to at the moment, what's got you the most excited at the moment? To be honest, I think the impact we're making—not to sound overly cheesy—but the impact we're making is really really gets me excited. Um, We were fortunate enough last year to be part of Amazon's uh, inaugural sustainability accelerator. Um, And one of the benefits from that accelerator program was a kind of impact assessment uh, through an agency called Climate Kick, which is a kind of innovator in the climate space uh, in the EU. And they found that a dog switching to our food from a meat-based diet can save 1.5 metric tons of CO2 per year. And just being able to then quantify that and show our customers the impact they're making really does get me excited. It's a tangible change that we are making through our business, which which is really awesome. So that's, that's certainly one of the things. And I think the second thing is just the opportunity that lies ahead. I think it is such a an amplified experience of emotions when you when you start a business and and I think this year especially seeing slowly but surely these opportunities to get our product in front of you know thousands more people onto shelf just seeing it come to life I suppose is is just really exciting E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? 
It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Ale, are you ready for the top tips? Yep, fire away. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So, this one's called Alive at Work by Daniel Cable. So, Dan Cable is a professor at London Business School and he took my favorite class at LBS, which is which was called Positive Psychology. That book, for me, there's lots of little nuggets in there that kind of, it's all about how you as a leader can set your organization up in such a way that the team can really come to work and, and gain maximum or as much fulfillment as they can from, from the, what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So I've really tried to employ as many of those tips and, and, and kind of tactics in, in Dan's book into Grub Club. And I think giving people that freedom, I think in, in a startup setting, the nature of it is that a lot of the early team will just have to wear so many different hats, roll up their sleeves and do so many different things. And I think giving people the freedom to design as much of their role and to experiment with things and gain fulfillment through that. One of the core things that stuck with me from one of Dan's lessons was just framing a lot of the time i think we're always faced with these really daunting things when you're building a startup whether or not you can actually do something and you get so nervous about cash runaway fundraising retail sales month month. and i think the simple way of reframing your mind from being nervous about something to being excited about something is something i try to do on a daily basis and i found it's really changed the game for me in terms of my mindset about challenges at work. 
I love that as a recommendation because I think so often, especially in a startup or a fast growth environment, you get so focused on the tangible you forget about the softer stuff and the importance of that. So I love that. And, and clearly from your explanation of it, you are, you're a big advocate of that approach. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Email perhaps doesn't get the hype that it deserves. Um, it's a great channel for us, not only in driving kind of new, new customer acquisition, um, but also in retention. And, and really, I think for us, building a brand and a community so much of it is also about showing our customers what's going on at you know behind the scenes at grub club why we're doing what we're doing educating people about our purpose and our product so um email i think is a great channel and and i guess maybe outside of that one of the things i I thought worth mentioning is i think as a d2c first business so much of the temptation is to just be behind your computer uh, and in front of your Shopify backend and just watching, you know, the sales tick away and keeping it, keeping an eye on your metrics. But I find the way in which myself and the, the rest of the team are energized by being in person, handing out samples in a park, doing consumer shows and meeting the end customer and really learning from the end customer is something that I think we should all be focusing on and doing more of as far as we can. Yep, totally agree with you. That that real world interaction is just so powerful. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? A tool I use on a daily basis is Triple Whale. It's kind of an end-to-end attribution tool. It is pretty incredible. I, I, it's something I constantly monitor. It's a great way to keep track of the performance of all of your different campaigns across all of your different channels. So yeah, would highly recommend if you're looking for really in-depth analysis of your campaign performance, your cohorts, like we touched on earlier and all of that. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? I often think of Triple Whale, and I suspect a lot do, as purely a, like a Facebook ads tool. But it's so much more than that. And I think you explained that well too. So uh, so thank you for that that top tip. It gets rec- recommended far less than I think it should on this podcast. So good to have it mentioned. Uh, the carbon top tip then. What's your favourite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store? It's so dependent on what the product and the format is. I think in, in our context, given the fact that we ship, you know, different products of different sizes at different times, what we've done in terms of our subscription businesses, we've tried to push people to, you know, less frequent deliveries where possible. And we've also, I think the temptation early on in a DTC business, at least for us, was we're going to get one kind of box, custom box made it's going to be one size and it's going to be able to fit all of our products, whether it's a 12 kilo bag, a six kilo bag or a one and a half kilo bag of dog food. They'll all fit in that box and every customer will get that really cool branded box. But at the same time, one and a half kilos of dog food can fit in a much smaller box than 12 kilos of dog food can fit. So we've taken the approach to just, you know, be a little bit more focused on our packaging. We don't use any fillers, anything like that, obviously depending on the product. Um, so it may not be applicable to to all of the listeners out there, but I would say one of the, the low-hanging fruits out there is get as small a box as, as you need for 
your deliveries, eliminate fillers as much as you can. And when running a subscription business, try and find that optimal mix between a customer's need for product and the frequency that you can ship to them. I love that. Loads of great advice in there. Uh, Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? So our website is mygrubclub.com and our social handles across all socials is at mygrubclub. Marvellous. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast. It's been lovely finding out about your journey and you've shared so many tips with everyone. It's been brilliant. So um, thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks so much, Chloe. Thanks for having me. So a whole heap of topics. I can't believe how many topics we managed to cover within that. Ale gave us an amazing breakdown on cohorts and some tech to help you look after your cohorts. I thought there was a, you know, a big piece there. We didn't talk about it for long, but a big big shining light of inspiration there on the fact they they are structuring their team around the fact they know their business is going to be all about retention so they are keeping in-house the organic communications the email the content and that community building part as well if you're interested in that community building via email bit weirdly we've recently done an episode on that on exactly that on the Keep Optimising podcast, episode 161 of Keep Optimising, our sister show, if you want more on email and community. Also, I think that know that trying to work out what the key messages are to get across to your customer at any one point in time, be it on product packaging, in a sales email or somewhere else, is always tough. It's always changing. It's always difficult, um, but it's always worth spending the time and effort on. So yeah, loads of great, great bits of insight in there. You can get your hands on our notes from this episode, including those top tips and links to the other things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or you can go straight to the correct page by simply putting ECMP, that's short for e-commerce master plan. So ecmp.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. Please, when you get to the website, also make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many things I share to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode, then you can hear other interviews with brand new startups and those who are a couple of years down the line as well via ecmp.info forward slash startup. Simple as that. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.